Teams and situations concern you in sports. Yeah, yeah, I am concerned. You know, I'm concerned, but, you know, we didn't get it done tonight, um, and that's my level of concern. Tune in Wednesday on the Press Box to see if your problems make the concern-o-meter. Weekdays from 9 until noon, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. Box with Brad and John. I think we're joining us, Daniel Show in an hour on a Wednesday, Hump Day edition. We've got Concerno Meter to get to. The boys are back in town as Clemson is firing it up over there at the uh, practice facility beginning this afternoon. First spring football practice of the year. Dabo Swinney will address the media later. We'll have that for you here on the Roar. And, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not anticipating a lot of big news today, at least not yet. Uh, there could be something unforeseen that we don't know, but do you expect anything out of Dabo Sweeney that is really huge and pressing? Uh, I'm torn to answer that question. You're hoping there's nothing yes, like exactly, yeah. news. Yeah. But I don't want to sit here and say, oh, no, I think everything's going to be all smooth sailing and everything's great and then we get a long injury report or something i don't don't want to put that out there we'll get a uh who's participating who's not list and that that always seems to be lengthy yeah i saw a video posted yesterday of a guy i think's going to participate in spring ball i think tink kelly looks really good right now posted some uh footage of him and chris vizina getting some work in in the indoor he should be healthy enough now he was pretty doggone close at the end of the bowl season uh, bowl practice season. Forgotten how fast he was. Yeah, he's quick. Yeah, very fast. Yeah, I think he'll get a lot of looks at receiver uh, to start. You don't, you don't think he plays any defense? Not yet, no. Okay. Because I think with he was a summer enrollee last year, so this will be his first time going through spring ball and just trying to remember the things that Coach Sweeney and Coach Grisham have said about him that I think they want to give him a full 100% look at wide receiver before they think about the defensive side of the ball. Because I, right now, especially with where that corner room is, I'm not trying to throw him in there and sprinkle it in right now. I'm trying to give those reps to Avion Terrell, to Shelton Lewis, to a Brandon Strozier, to a Miles Oliver, to Corian Gibson, like, and to Boy Fagan. Like I'm giving the reps to those guys. I do think, though, the spring is when you play around with some of that kind of stuff. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I, I think, you know, maybe in some, some one-on-ones or some, some different things just to see kind of how he does going yeah. up against some guys, but... I don't know if I'd have him, like, if you're doing, like, full teamwork, I don't know how much, like, he's going to go out there at corner with, like, the ones and twos. But today, first practice, you're not expecting to be with the wide receiver group. I expect him to be with the wide receiver yeah, group. That's what I'm yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we both do. We expect to see him out there with them. So, uh, that makes a lot of sense. But I think, you know, we'll we'll get a list of some guys who are – Maybe not. We, we we don't we don't know who all got worked on. We had worked on season, right? You know, get something cleaned up in your knee. How many times will Dabo say that un, over under on got something cleaned up in his knee? A little clean, something, a little something, a little something on his shoulder. Took care of something he had in high school with his with his big toe. Like it'll just be. There, there's always those every single year. It never fails. Yeah, I just don't want to try to. Certainly don't want to sit here and try to project and guess as to who those days no, are going but, to but be. No, but this is get-right season. I, I'm yeah. just trying to figure out what some of the storylines will be coming from Coach Sweeney today. 
you know, I, I would like to hear his thoughts on the battle that's going to take place at the offensive line throughout the spring. Kind of where does he think it's going to go? Not necessarily is he going to sit here and say, I believe the depth chart will look like this, but kind of what does he expect to see out of the group with Matt Luke's first spring with that unit? Yeah, okay. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of positions that are open. I think the battle for starting center is one of the more intriguing battles on this team for the 24 season, in my opinion. I am curious as to where, and he hasn't seen these guys yet, you know, physically on the field working them out, but I'm curious to see or get his, hear his thoughts on some of the freshmen and what they're going to test them at, you know, kind of just see where they're at, you know, and, and how far they have to go. You know, does he think of Sammy Brown as a guy who factors in immediately into the two deep? I mean, you would think he would. He's the highest rated recruit in the class, and he's happens to play a position that you need depth at badly. So it really worked out that Sammy Brown <laughs> came to Clemson. Uh, but I, I do think that that's, you know, hearing him talk about some of the freshmen, that always, that always gets you going a little bit, too, for fans. They love to hear, you know, about the freshman class and who's going to who's gonna get opportunities to play right away. Oh, Brian yeah. Wesco, you know, he'll be out there running, running with the receivers. What what does Coach Winnie expect of him? Just that, you know, those kind of conversations. Do you have a freshman you're most curious about? Hmm. I'm going to go with the the two corners that I just mentioned. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tavoy Fagan and um, Corian Gibson. Okay. Because for the last few years, we have seen Mike Reed be able to really get something out of his freshmen. Over the last, I, I feel like the last four seasons, you've always been able to get something out of your freshman class in that cornerback room. I'm going West Co. And I know TJ Moore's not on campus all the summer. But that room needs a morale lift. Yeah. And I'm talking about, for our sake, as we talk about this stuff, uh, but the fans certainly want to, would love to get a morale boost hearing positive early returns on Bryant Wesco and just what he's bringing to that room and how fast and athletic and big play potential and that kind of stuff. I feel like that would be a very good thing. Now, granted, some people and rightfully so, are tired of hearing about stuff. You want to actually see it. So you, you got to be careful with how far you go with it, clearly. But I think there's – West Coast is the kind of guy who could end up making a difference and give that room a different feel right out the gate. Completely agree with you. Um, it's also one of my favorite times of the year. We get to figure out who's wearing all their new numbers. <laughs> When you, if you're out of practice today and you see a number seven cutting it up in the secondary, don't be alarmed. That's Khalil Barnes. He just changed his number from 36 to number seven. Man, I, it's always one of my favorite. I don't, I don't I say like that jokingly. Yeah, because you have to try to like, like Rob Billings was 31. Now he's 14. It usually takes about halfway through week two before I adjust to the new numbers. You know, practice is a oh, worse. You're just guy like, who we know. just talked about, Tink Kelly, was wearing 27. Now he's going to wear 18. What? Yeah. I'm just coming over the roster right now trying to see, like, ones that jump out at me that are different. Okay. All right. It'll be nice and confusing when you get out there. Before we fire the concerno meter, let's go to the phone line. 654-ROAR. Gamecock James is up. Hey, Gamecock James. I'm fine. How you doing? We're doing well. Hi. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, something. Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but on Monday, Ole Anderson died. He was 81. You probably don't remember him, do you? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I, wa- I watched wrestling back in the 80s. Now, he was sort of on the, you yeah. know, the other end of his career. He was in the 70s, yeah. yeah. 
he used to come to the Big Brown Box downtown, you know, the Grand Memorial Auditorium. Him and his two brothers, Gene and Lars, they were I think they were called the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, but they came a good bit down there. And uh, but yeah, he passed away on uh, Monday. Yeah, we a did lot, a we did a whole segment on it yesterday. We talked a lot about him. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I think they had a nephew named Arn too. A R N Arn Arn Anderson. But anyway, it, did you know he got stabbed one night going from the ring to the dressing room after a match? Yeah, we we talked about that yesterday too. It was in yeah, Greenville. Yeah, you could, boy, you couldn't get by with that today. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think you could get by with it back then either. I don't, I don't think it's ever been okay to stab somebody. Well, I mean, you couldn't even. You would have been searched back then, probably. But you know, if they had had that, but I probably didn't even search anybody back then. Uh, the lady, there was a lady with a red pocketbook. He used to sit it, sit at ringside, and she would hit those rafters yeah, when they were thrown outside. Yes, that was funny too. Yep. And I got to see Andre the Giant too when he was there. Man, my dad, he took me a lot during that time, and we stood in line and I got to see him. It was sold out. And uh, but those are some great times. Uh, and uh, by the way, I got a uh, commemorative brick from that uh, when they tore that down. So I was able to get one of the commemorative bricks from the Criminal Memorial Auditorium. That's kind of a neat little collectible. Oh yeah, I, I love that place. There was there's a lot going on over yeah. there back in the day. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Okay, but I just thought I'd pass on. I didn't. You know, a lot of the most of the some people would remember him. Not everybody would, but most some people would. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you, Gamecock James. Appreciate you getting in. Yeah, we spent a good bit of time yesterday talking about. Oli Anderson and, and Arn Anderson and the Four Horsemen and, you know, just how how cool it was when those guys would roll through Greenville and, and, and roll through the Carolinas a great deal. You know, Ric Flair, you know, made most – a lot of his career came from uh, those those stops along the way uh, through all that. So I appreciate you getting in, Gamecock James. John, let's fire up the Concernometer. To tell you the truth, I'm a little concerned. Whenever anybody says they're a little concerned, they're very concerned. As a matter of fact, I'm really more than a little concerned. And when they say they're more than a little concerned, they're desperate. Before we get to football, I want to do some Clemson stuff here in the Concernometer segment. I do want to hit on a couple other topics involving the Tigers before we reach that point. One of those being Will Taylor. Uh, John, how concerned are you about Will Taylor's start? Only four hits now in seven games. Do you do you have concern over Will Taylor? One well, I love the way you frame that. Um, a one. Okay. What was it yesterday? Before one and a half. The game? One and a half before the game. Yeah. Was, I just. I. It's. We've played what seven games, eight games. He he had played six. He had missed that he played one game. Six, yeah. That first Sunday. Okay. I'm pretty sure we're going to go do a whole lot of baseball reports in April and May and June and July where guys will only have one hit in six games. Yeah. yeah. Professionals that uh, – I mean, how many Braves reports are we going to do over the course of the summer where we'll talk, ah, you know, he's only one for whatever in his last six. It's yeah. baseball. It's a game of failure. You're going to endure it. It happens. He was one for his first 23, and then he hit three home runs, all solo shots yesterday, and reached base on a walk – and scored another run. So he had really the perfect game. I mean, can you do any better than that? You could have hit four home runs, I guess, and four bats. But the only thing would be better. But, you know, three home runs, three for three, 
three RBIs and four runs scored as you got on base via walk and score from there. So I, it was as close as you could get to the perfect game for a for a hitter. Uh, and he became, I think, the 16th player in Clemson history. That is correct. To hit three home runs in a single game. And so congratulations to Will Taylor today. You know, Eric Backage talked a little bit about it after the game and said that you would never know when Will Taylor's in a slump. He doesn't act different. He's very engaged with his teammates. He's very positive and upbeat. He said he doesn't. He said some guys wear it on their sleeve. You know, you just see it when a guy's struggling. You, you, Will Taylor's not carry himself that way. And so it was a uh, it was a good breakout performance. And it was just funny that we were just talking about it yesterday. And so I, I would say the concern yesterday was a one. The concern today is, oh boy, is a uh, <laughs> well, what's that there? That was uh, looks like some chicken. Smoke's back? I believe we just got hooked up from our good friends over there at the uh, Cajun Cafe who had Man. it rolling last night. Talk about making a Wednesday better. I mean, we go from Will Taylor to Cajun Cafe. It seems, it seems do, like do you have any concerns together. about the Cajun Cafe, Brad, one through five? That's a negative five, John. Same. I know that chicken's going to We will probably have differing opinions on things between now and noon. We can agree on that. Yep. Be and no we, argument here. And we agree that Will Taylor is not on the concerno meter, just in fun for today. Uh, were you concerned about anything in terms of uh, just just from – are you concerned about the weekend rotation heading into the South Carolina series? Not a ton. Um, maybe a, a two. I mean, because each, each guy, I feel like, has given you a strong outing and has given you a subpar outing. And, you know, I don't think that you're going to go down there and – and we're going to throw a bunch of no-hitters this weekend and just shut everything down. But I feel confident in Coach Backage and Coach Bellinger to select the right guys in the right situations to go down into these tough environments. You brought it up in hour one that Eric Backage is not going to wake up Friday morning and just be like, hmm, who do I think I should throw today? Oh, it's all very calculated. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so there's a plan in place, and I, I trust the people that are employed to – to execute those plans, one through five, it's kind. It's got to be to me. It's about two and a half. Okay, I, I, I've, I have some concerns. Tristan Smith has been very consistent in his first two outings. Yes, and he was, you know, unfortunately on the end of giving up some home runs on the first weekend Saturday game because the wind was blowing out to to left, right-handed hitters. I mean, Clemson hit a bunch of them, as you know, Xavier did too. So I think just. It's kind of bad luck. The ball gets in the air. It's probably going to carry out. But I just don't think he's been... I've I've had no issues with Tristan Smith or two starts. The other two have had some ups and downs, but Aiden Canuck was really good. Really good in his last outing. But Billy Barlow doesn't look like the rust is completely shaken off. You know, you go you go that amount of time without high leverage pitching situations. I, I think it can, it can take some time to get back into it. And if he's the Friday guy... There's going to be a little trepidation there down at Founders Park, 7 p.m. on Friday night. And I, I think that's just natural. So it's it's about a two and a half. Six, five, four, when we come back. Another baseball thing I want to throw at you. In fact, let me just throw it at you and you can answer on the other side. Are you concerned that they, one through five, Ethan Darden, do they need to find a different role for him? Are you concerned that he's not being used properly? We'll discuss on the other side. Six, five, four, roar. 
spring cleaning is always first thing on the to-do list this time of year, so don't forget yourself. Roosters is here to remind you how important it is to keep your hair and face fresh and clean this season. Roosters has a full menu of what you need for male grooming this spring to check that off of your list. Don't forget to set your next appointment with the professionals at Roosters on Pelham Road in Greenville by calling 884-8920. Gift cards are always available at Roosters. Give the gift that keeps on giving. Do, 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 do. Hey, what you gonna do when you gotta pee? You're gonna call Royal Flush at 238-8800. We've got your porta-potties. We've got your event trailers, too. Call Royal Flush at 864-238-8800 or visit them online at royalflushtoiletrental.com. We'll even pump your septic tank for you. Call Royal Flush because we're the king and queen of clean. So what have you got to do, 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 do? Call Royal Flush. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, the scenic views stick around after the sun sets, and your favorite cocktails keep you company long after overtime. Where else can you unwind with bourbon and late-night bites? Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. Finding a dealership alternative just got easier. With three locations in Greenville, Cherrydale, and Anderson, First Class Halt is here to service your Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. With ASE certified technicians, state-of-the-art equipment, free shuttles, customer rewards program, and a limited lifetime warranty on parts and labor, we stand behind our work. So if you're looking for an independent service shop who treats you like a customer, not a number, look no further than firstclasshalt.com. And while you are there, take advantage of our new customer offer, First Class Halt, your dealership alternative. Hi, I'm Jake Wilson, and as the owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings, I'm proud of the product we've delivered to our customers for nearly 15 years all over the upstate. If you're considering having your garage floor transformed, check out our five-star Google reviews as well as the gallery of homes we've completed. Don't just take my word for it. See what other homeowners have to say about Iron Drive Floor Coatings. Our website is irondrivegaragefloors.com. Schedule your free quote today, irondrivegaragefloors.com. The cold weather is here, and Harrison's is the place to load up on layers. From lightweight, long-sleeve t-shirts to heavy-duty, Sherpa-lined coats, and everything in between. Harrison's is the home of work, western, and wow! But nobody does work like we do. FR, high-vis, work boots, and safety shoes of all types, plus a huge selection of workwear for men and women. Harrison's has what you need to work safe and work warm all winter long. Come see us in Spartanburg and Malden, or get free shipping from harrisonsusa.com. I'm Chelsea, and a little thing I like about the Chick-fil-A Spicy Deluxe Sandwich is I think it's just a perfect combination of ingredients. The pepper jack cheese and that spiciness of the sandwich. It's the right type of spice and the right amount of spice. It's crunchy on the outside, but then really tender on the inside. And then obviously the pickles on the bottom are iconic. There are too many things I like about it. I don't know if I can finish the thought. Bring on the spice and order the Chick-fil-A Spicy Deluxe Sandwich on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real guests paid for their testimonial. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Sports talk for people who love sports. Come on, there's no need to complicate things. It can't be forced. It should just come about effortlessly. We are The Roar where every day is game day.
We're back here live on the roar of the press box with Brad and John Liam joining us today. Your Pie of Clemson, if you're going to be in town for any games, it's a great place to go get a quick bite to eat or hang out, watch basketball or whatever on their televisions. Uh, it's kind of your pace, how you want to do it at your pie. That's what I really like about it. Uh, it doesn't take long to get that pizza out of the oven. Uh, they make it quickly. It's in there. It's out in minutes. And you got a really, really good meal. You can get a pizza how you want it with anything on it, or you can order from their great menu, their four pep, uh, or their double pep pepperoni, their four cheese, the uh, barbecue bacon, uh, or the barbecue chicken ranch. Pizza's really good, too. They got a lot of great options over there. Hot honey, pepperoni. It's real popular right now at Your Pie. Go check them out in their great menu, and make sure you also check out the salads, the pastas, and maybe the best part of all, the real reason to go. The gelato, it's unreal. How just creamy it is, the different flavors that they have. You're gonna, Kids are going to love it. Mine do. Check them out. Your Pie and Clemson, two great locations to choose from. 111 Earl Street, downtown, and their location at Dockside, right there on Lake Hartwell. When you're in Clemson, it's Your Pie. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us here. Uh, Concernometer Wednesday where we throw out some topics, one through five, how concerned are we? We're going to do some baseball and some basketball before we get to football. John, i concerned that Ethan Darden is being used properly right now by the Tigers. I told you, he's been the most efficient pitcher that Clemson has had. Now, it's small sample sizes, understandable. Five and a third innings, he has allowed just two hits, no earned runs. He's only walked one, and after last night's four-strikeout effort, He's up to six Ks in those five and a third. Pitching really well. Uh, two. Okay. It's one of those that you know, we've talked about it a lot. The season's early. Um, I want to let guys kind of settle into some stuff here. But also, he's succeeding right now at this role. And he's being very effective at it. And I would almost want to continue to maximize out this before expanding it to something else. Just me personally. Okay. I don't want to... Because you're seeing him as... I agree with you. He's the best option coming out of the bullpen right now. And I think there is some... some comfort and solace in that. Especially with a big series that you're about to have this weekend. All right. I, I wouldn't start to move... to change some of that along for... And whether it was South Carolina this weekend or it was any other series... I would want to get a few more data points into the season. All right, the sophomore lefty, he... If you remember last year, he became a weekend starter. He did not profile as that to start the year, but as the season went along, he eventually got moved into the, into the rotation. I just wonder, is he getting to the point where you have to consider... like what? Where do you get to the point? So it's like a two and a half for me, because if he continues this, and if somebody in the weekend rotation right now get shelled again, do you start to then consider yes, yeah, heavily yes. what you should do? If one of these starters gets shelled again this weekend, then I am the number will be increased if you bring this topic up on Concernometer a week from today. And I, I don't want to minimize the value of good relief pitching. It is incredibly important. And that's why my number is low. But I just see a guy who I know can pitch in the right. He started 12 games last year for this team. So I, I know he can work in the weekend rotation, and he's been the most efficient pitcher. And is some of that efficiency going to come down a little bit when he's not a reliever? Of course it is. You're pitching more innings, more opportunities. You're going to wear down 
whatever whatever it may be. Defense has more opportunities behind you to to put guys on base and put pressure on you, right? Some things can occur. Yeah, absolutely. But I I think he's a I think he's a, a starter. You know, he's kind of masquerading right now as a reliever, in my opinion. So I, I just something to keep an eye on with Ethan Darden. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the rotation at some point. But Austin Gordon's probably going to be in the rotation at some point. And that's not a bad thing. Again, college baseball, very, very rarely does your opening weekend rotation become your season finale rotation. To me, it's one of the major differences between college and professional baseball. Your rotation's pretty set as to what it's going to be, you know, minus trades and some other things you can do. But, man, college baseball, it's, it's constantly changing. The whole point is to have the best pitchers in the best roles. As we go throughout the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Darden's best role isn't as a starting pitcher and in the rotation. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us here on the roar uh basketball for you john for a moment are you concerned one through five what is your concern one through five on another slow start for pj hall a guy that has not practiced much is that becoming more concerning as each day goes on each game goes on that he's just not getting a lot of practice time and brad brownell said last night it is affecting the way he starts games it takes him four or five minutes to get into the flow you know the 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 pace, the 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 anxiousness of a game. It just sort of takes him some time to adjust to that because he hasn't been on the the court as much, except in game situations. Is that a concern? One through five right now. Ah, uh, about a th- three. Because you're not able to go through all the normal prep that you're able to do. Um, I get that, and I mean, and you saw Saturday night against Florida State. He got into foul trouble as he was trying to get his legs underneath him. And so then he almost was never able to truly get into a rhythm in that game until very late when he was just really just angry and kind of determined to to take over at that point. You know, he, he struggled a little bit with the early in the game, I think, defensively. And then I think he figured it out. Uh, he did have a couple fouls that you're just like, you just can't do those kind of fouls right here and there. But I'm like a two and a half. If, if we're talking about this a week and a half from now, we're talking about this two weeks from now, heading into the conference tournament. Then I think the concern level goes way up. I, I agree with you, but at the same time, he also played 30 minutes last night. He did play a lot of minutes. You know, versus what happened on Saturday where the minutes were significantly less. But and I he th- gave you a double-double, so I... But what, what's concerning is if those first four or five, six minutes, if he picks up a foul or two because he's just not, you know catching the pace of the game which can happen right guy gets by you and you're just on Saturday then all of a sudden you get a couple fouls and then you're on the bench like sometimes and Brian I talked about this last night there was a instance in the last game where a guy was going to the basket and PJ could have he came over late he would have ended up fouling him instead he just let him lay it in he said that's better than you giving up an and one and then ending up on the bench because then you're hurting your team doubly there. More more points allowed, and you're not on the court to help your team offensively. So I just, it, it's not a huge concern right now. It's a two and a half because I want to continue to monitor it. But as the season goes along here, and the level of importance in these games heightens when you get into the postseason, you just wonder if it doesn't hurt him more. Him and the team a little bit. But the team the team around is playing really well right now. And Gerard's making up for it. Chase Hunter's making up for it, and Shefflin's making up for it. So you're you're still getting 
good production. But and is it is it a bad thing for this team not to have to rely on PJ to score twenty four? I think it's a good thing. Because other guys can find confidence in their game. I mean, if PJ Hall was coming out here and was scoring thirty two a night, would there have been the need for Ian Shefflin to grow his game? Would there have been as much of a need to have Chase Hunter improve the way that he has? Might, I, I think this is be, I think this is honestly a good thing for Clemson. The big picture is you get into the postseason that you have confidence in other guys. Whether if PJ Hall isn't healthy or if he's just having a bad night, you have confidence in other guys that can carry the weight. Yeah, I don't I don't like to go to a game going, uh, PJ. You have to get twenty five tonight, or this team probably their season ends in this tournament. I don't like you any, know, I, I hate, don't like any team being in that situation. And we just saw North Carolina on Monday night. Yes, we praised R.J. Davis for getting forty two. But they only won by four against a bad Miami team. Yeah. It, it, scoring 42 does not mean you're on a good team. It means you're a good player. I'm not saying North Carolina's a bad team. I'm just saying it almost they almost lost the game because he had to score 40. You know, but if he doesn't score 42, they do lose the game. If he scores 37, they lose the game. <laughs> right, if Tar Heel Chad came here and said, they needed every stinking one of those 42 points. So you can't ask PJ to do that. And I'm, I'm not saying you should. So. To your point, maybe this has helped build the confidence of some of the other guys who have really stepped up over the course of the last two weeks as PJ's just dealing with some stuff and not being able to practice as much. But he, he just he does look I mean it's hard to it's, it's hard to just watch him and and you know not say this. I mean you can't yet to be fair, but he, he just looks a little bit slow to react sometimes. That I just I don't think that was there three, four or five weeks ago. But it's a long season, you know, and your body gets the wear and the tear of it. I understand it. I'm not I'm not being critical of that. Just going to monitor this and see where it's at a week or so from now. Fair enough there? Uh, I think that's fair. You ready to move over to football? Let's do it. Let's talk oh a little pigskin. <laughs> Concernometer in football. We'll start with this. Your concern one through five on finding a number two running back to Phil Moffa in 2024 because the spring will help dictate a lot of that. In fact, I think they need to come out of spring feeling good that they've got a two- to three-man race, not just a wide-open competition with no clue who's going to be the backup. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's imperative that they figure out a, a at least somewhat of a pecking order and have a good feel for who's going to help them in 2024. Uh, Your concern, one through five. Right down the middle, two and a half. It's like a three for me. I, th- I think it's a lot of pressure to put on some of these young players. I, I think it is, but I do believe that the talent in the room is there. So it's not one of those situations where, if let's just say, the if the depth chart were to come out, Moffa one, Keith Adams Jr. two, Jarvis Green three, Haynes four, Easy Obama five. Like I'm not going to be all worried about like how did the pecking order sort itself out. Like It's not that... The number will go down if this running back is number two versus this running back being number two on the depth chart. But I, I do think we need to hear, you know, hey, this guy's really figuring it out. This guy's a different player. This guy's, you know, whether it's Green or Haynes, like they're they just look like a different guy this year. You know, there's there's some they're creating some separation from themselves and some of the others. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be really important. I think I think it's going to be hard to find a number two back. Before the end of the spring, I, I mean, I get that, but there's got to be some semblance of what it's going to look like. Could you have in a situation, maybe, you know, game dependent as to maybe who that number two is? 
So let, 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 hear me out for a little bit here. If you're if you're rushing attack for the game, if you want to go for the for lack of a better term, the thunder and lightning approach. Okay, is it going to be Phil Moffa or Jay Haynes? As he's probably the burner in that room. Are you looking to go? You know, kind of what, what is your preference for that number two back? What are you trying to get them to do different than Phil Moffa? Or is it just someone who's coming in to give Phil Moffa a chance to go take I, a breather? I don't know. I think, to me, it's very simple. You just got to have back who's productive. I, I don't really care about the look. I don't care if it's a you know change of pace back or if it's a bruiser. I, to me, that doesn't matter. You just got someone you trust to be on the field who can pick up blitzes, who can run routes if they need to, who can get open. In the, and w- once they get past the line of scrimmage, can they create something other than just waiting on a guy to come hit them. You know, like, there's there's a lot of things. It's more about just the, the 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 just pure production. How they do it, I don't care. I don't care if they run through seven guys or outrun seven guys. Don't really care how, how it works. But I think it's going to be an important position. We we all we all get Moffa. Like we all get he's good. You know, I mean, he's going to have a good season. But, man, do you want him taking the brunt of 20, 25 touches a game? You no, just, that's just not how the game is played well, anymore. And, and that's not how Clemson has has utilized that running back room for several years either. So you got to have a, a a good number two. Like you got to feel confident in your number two to put him out there in situations. Yeah, because even when you had arguably the greatest running back in school history and Travis Etienne, very few times did he ever carry it twenty times a game. No, very very rarely. You know, I I think it's you know Texter says it does not matter who the number two running back is as long as they don't fumble the ball. I mean, I think. Obviously, you don't want to fumble the ball, but you need more out of that. It, it, it's not a matter of, of, of who it is. It's just a matter of, do is there a number two? Or is it just a bunch of number threes? I think I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Do you get a legit number two you feel good about, or do you feel like coming out of the spring, going into the summer, you got a whole bunch of threes and fours, and nobody looks like they're ready to take that number two spot? That's the concern. That's why it's like a three for me. I, we, we don't know. None of these guys have been pressed into the situation. Keith Adams has been on the team longer than anybody else that's on scholarship. But, I mean, we've seen Jarvis Green in a, what, against Florida Atlantic? Charleston Southern last year? Like, we didn't see him much. We haven't seen much of Jay Haynes at all. And Easy Mummy just got on campus. I mean, I, it's it's more simplistic or it's more complex than just I want them to hold on to the ball. And we're getting that a lot on the text line, folks. That that's job number one. Like that's basis for line. any skill player to hold on to the football. Yeah, I mean they they got to do a little bit more than just hold on to the football. Like gaining a yard and a half is not going to do anything <laughs> for the offense. If they hold on to the football, like it's a yard and a half, they're not going to play. Like you you got to do a little bit more than that. And I think that it's going to be a committee approach to start, but I do think some of the roles have got to be figured out. Who do you like the most in that room? We'll discuss that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Is switching your wireless service to Total by Verizon easy? Totalmente. And you get unlimited 5G data, $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan, at an amazing price with no contracts. Should you switch to Total by Verizon? Definitely. Uh, I mean, Totalmente. find a store or switch suavemente at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate without a pay, plus taxes and fees. Discount begins the month after you enroll. Additional terms apply. See website for data management practices. Your home is your most valuable asset. 
When it comes to the professional installation of a decorative coating on your garage floor, working with a local, experienced company is in your best interest. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. For nearly 15 years, we've provided premier garage floor coatings and have earned the most five-star Google reviews in our industry. To learn how we can make your garage floor shine, go to irondrivegaragefloors.com and request a free estimate. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. Here with Morgan Coleman, real estate professional extraordinaire in the upstate. Morgan, perhaps the most important question you can answer for a client, how will you best represent your clients as a real estate professional? Being a former Clemson athlete has given me the tools that I have easily transferred into my professional career. I have a team first mentality and create a team with my clients along with the other individuals involved with the transaction, such as the lender or any other vendors. Not to mention, I'm able to tap into my competitive side. Yes, I am your real estate professional giving you guidance throughout the buying and selling process, but I always want my clients to feel welcome to voice their questions, thoughts, and opinions. My job is not done once we get under contract. There are many other steps necessary to successfully reach the closing table on time. I'll be your best advocate and would love the opportunity to assist you with your buying or selling needs. Thanks, Morgan. If you want to team up with Morgan Coleman of Joan Herlong & Associates Sotheby's International Realty, give her a call at 864-313-7639. Hey foodies, we want to talk to you about the Upstate's favorite taco spot, Willie Taco, with five locations across the Upstate, serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. Award-winning tacos are not all we do. We also offer healthy bowls, delicious salads, crispy quesadillas, and shareables like brisket egg rolls, street corn fritters, and fresh guacamole. The owners, all Upstate dudes, enjoy humbly working alongside the 400 men and women we proudly employ. Don't wait. Your Willie Taco familia is ready to serve you up our twist on funky, fresh fusion. It's the Willie way. There is a problem with mattresses. The bad ones leave you sleeping in a hole way too quickly, and no one makes flippable mattresses anymore. Engineered sleep designs and manufacturers mattresses that solve common issues and sleep comfortably. Whether you prefer firm or soft, they have you covered. Go check out their industry-leading dual mattress and their flippable classic hybrids at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive, Greenville, or visit engineeredsleep.com to learn more. Need to rent a mini excavator like a Bobcat E32, a skid steer, or a wood chipper? Maybe a smaller tool like a pressure washer, jackhammer, or compactor. McNeely Store and Rental has got you covered. Clemson alumni-owned, renting equipment and selling materials for more than 30 years. We also sell septic materials, ADS drainage products, concrete boxes, real stone veneers, and more. With two upstate South Carolina locations in Clemson and West Union. Call 654-9187-CLEMSON or 718-1449-WEST UNION. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Well, that's what we're here for. To get you out of your sports glass case of emotion. You're welcome. We are the Roar. Presbytes of Brad and John, thank you for joining us. Concernometer Wednesday. We got Daniel Shirley on a Wednesday coming up top of the hour. Look forward to catching up with him in just a little bit. We're talking about the number two running back for the Clemson Tigers heading to spring ball and what that process is going to look like. I, I am fairly concerned about it. Are there higher concerns on the team? Probably, but I do think it's important to figure out what that's going to look like. Uh, as the texture said, I, I think this is a good way, some good points here. 
you know, want to find a back that doesn't limit what you're doing. It doesn't give away what you're doing. You know, a back who can only can only carry the ball, can't catch, a back who can who can't block so you know he's getting the ball. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't want to give that away. That's that's what I'm that's kind of what I'm getting at with this. I, I completely agree with you there. I mean, it's like we've had in the last couple seasons at Clemson. As Phil Moffat was getting better at being a running back, the the big you know, the totality of the position. There were situations where just simply he wasn't in the game because they felt Chipley and even two years ago when Kobe Pace was on the team could do some of those things better than him. And at times when he was on the field, it was a dead giveaway as to what you were going to do, which was to me one of the one of the many positives that Will Shipley brought this offense the last couple of years was his wide skill set of different things that he could do. So I, I agree with that point. You need to have somebody out there who it's not just a dead giveaway as to what the play is going to be because their limitations are known. Do you get a sense that have, has that been something the number two back has it been something we've even really a lot of people have thought about? Not 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 a ton. I don't think we haven't had much conversation about it this off season. Because it feels like it, in some years we've been much more expressive about that position. Sure. You know, it just feels like I don't know. It feels like a topic I, we ha- you and I don't think we've really discussed it that much. I just get a sense it hasn't really been a, a big concern for a lot of people, but I just, to me, it kind of is. I don't know if I'm just not thinking about it because it's spring ball and, you know, we're still going to start talking depth chart and that kind of thing, but I think it's an incredibly important position. I do too. Absolutely, because you, you just can't have one guy anymore. That's not how the game is played. And Moff is going to get a, a brunt of the, the work. His injury risk goes up a little bit. Sure. So who who could be the number two? Texas will know about the freshman. Can the freshman come in? Does he have the ability to come in and be a number two back right out of the gate? I think he could. I mean, obviously, we got to see how he adjusts to the speed of the game and how he can pick up the offense and how he does in pass protection and things like that. But in terms of a physical ability, 6'1", 210, I think he's physically ready to go out the gate. You don't have to worry about that that you've had to do with some running backs in years past. You don't have to... You know, he's not automatically coming on camps like, yo, that guy's got to go to power hour. Right. He does not. No, he doesn't profile that way. Uh, what about the sophomores? We'll include Keith Adams as a... Well, so I, be, I, well I'm sorry. Redshirt freshman, I'm sorry. I think I think both Green and Haynes redshirted last year. They did. So the, those two, who do you like if you had to pick one of those to maybe, oh, be, man. maybe work their way into the number two role? I lean Jay Haynes slightly only because we've seen more of him. Okay, I'll lean green. But that's, oh, okay. I'm glad, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we're picking different guys here. In fact, that's who I'm going to pick to be the number two back in 2024 as of February 28th. Okay. I can, I can change this. Why? It's, not, it's not even your birthday. Uh, not <laughs> so, yet. Not yet. Why? Because of things I've heard. Okay. Uh, and that, that's enough of a reason to me on February 28th before we start spring ball. I've heard some things. Cool. <laughs> I don't need to hear much more than that. But I have. I, I, there's some staff members I know that have been impressed with Green. And he's stood out to some people. And, you know, we have not seen a lot of him, but we're not we're not at practice every day. We didn't see some things. But they, they liked what they, you know, they, they wanted him to get stronger and bigger and see what that what that looks like if the speed is there with some some weight and whatnot, and if he 
pulls that off, I think I think he's got a good chance to be the number two guy. Okay. I don't hate it. I just I don't know that Keith Adams is Keith Adams fits the bill of what some of the maybe some of the listeners are getting on the Abscovy text line about. Hold on to the ball. Don't make a mistake. I, I, he's, he's not a separator. He's not going to give you massive explosive plays. He may be very reliable, though. Oh, yeah. And don't undersell reliability at number two running back at all. Especially with his with his build at 5'9", 215. Like that, he's a between-the-tackles, downhill, bruising-type running back. If you can find a role for that in some short-yarded situations and what? Like I said earlier. Things like that. And I even go back to, I think it was the, the bowl game or the end of regular season when Clemson did some stuff in I-formation. He was the fullback. He was the lead guy in those situations. Yep. So th- there is going to be a role for him in this offense. I agree. Now, I don't, and to be fair, like I said earlier, it's really not about are you a change of pace back, are you a bruiser, are you great in space, are you productive do you understand the offense? Do you move the football when you get an opportunity? And can you block? Can, can, can you, you protect help, your quarterback? Can you help the offense when the ball is not in your hands? Yeah. Because that's something we have to ask receivers in every single down. Are you are you willing and able to help this team out if the ball is directly not coming to you? But I think from a dynamic standpoint, I think Green's the most dynamic of this group. Now, I haven't seen the freshman. So we'll we'll see how that works, but I, I think from from the dynamic standpoint, I think Green would give if he's if he figures it out, he understands it. But first and foremost, I mean, I know everybody said hold on the ball, man. I care can can you block? I mean, hold on the ball is like like you shouldn't even play the position if you can't do that. Yeah, but can you block? You can't you can't put him out there. You can't be a liability and get your quarterback destroyed, especially when all the growth that people want to see in the passing game this year. And especially as we've seen how the offensive line has sort of gone. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's injuries. There, there's been good. There's been bad. Yeah. There's just all kinds of things going on. You don't know who the starter's going to be from, you know, week six right now. Probably know who your number two running back's going to be if you figure out your depth chart, you know? So I think that's going to be important from that standpoint. So we'll see what happens there. Any other thoughts on, on running back? Um, no, I, I'm just I'm excited to watch that position unfold. Because I think there's a lot of quality options there. Okay. It'll be interesting. I'm excited to watch the battle take place for, for the number two back. I just don't think it's something we really voiced was any any real thoughts or concerns on that number two position. Let's come back to that one in a couple weeks. Yeah. Can I throw one at you, Brad? Please do. Concernometer one through five. What Mickey Khan has on his plate sorting out the safeties this spring? Hmm. I would say sorting it out. And, and what, do you, what do you mean by sorting it out? Just figuring out the depth chart? Yeah. There are, who's going to, who is, who's who is going to take role? some, yeah, who's going to take some of those, the, uh, like what Jalen Phillips is, his departure, Andrew McCuba's departure, you know, kind of how does that safety room work out with, obviously you have, you have faith in Khalil Barnes, you have faith in RJ Mickens. I feel very good about Kylon Griffin. But, I, you know, what are you going to get from a Sherrod Koval this year? You know, a year two guys in Rob Billings and Kylan Webb, what steps have they taken? And I think you have two intriguing freshmen in Ricardo Jones and Noah Dixon who are already here that are going to be in the fold as well. I would say from, a, from and, sorting and it out. And T-Bone. Yeah. From, for sorting it out, uh, 
two and a half enough to keep an eye on it. But in terms of just building depth, yeah, that's that's a little more like a three, three and a half. I mean, you've you've got to figure. It's a lot of young players back there, and when young players do what, John? Make mistakes. Make mistakes. So you've got to figure out who's not going to be the ones making the biggest errors for you. Eyes in the wrong place, making the wrong decision on on a read. You know where the tight end's coming from, whether what the receiver on the backside's doing. You know, looking over your shoulder. Are you paying attention to the quarterback? Can you help in the run game? There's a lot of different things that can go into that safety position this year. And, and just funny, as you were going through that list, I'm just like, wow, Khalil Barnes checks every single one of those boxes. <laughs> that list and, you just gave out. And you can play him anywhere you want to. So that's that's a huge boost for building your your depth. But you're, you're worried about getting it right, too, you know? Uh, he's so versatile, he can do so many things. You want to make sure you give him and optimize his opportunities. You don't want to have this be uh, Harold Perkins at LSU situation. Well, I hope no, I, I don't think they're going to move into a position he's not accustomed to. And then double down for it in his junior year. Um, we can get to that later. Yikes. Okay. Um, I feel really good about like potentially seeing a starting unit of R.J. Mickens, Kylan Griffin, and Khalil Barnes maining that nickel role that he did so well last year. All right. And I think you've got a really good starting unit there. What about free and, and strong? Who who's playing free? Who's playing strong? Uh probably I would go Griffin at free, Mickens at strong. Cause I feel like Jalen Phillips played more of the free at times. Okay. And I thought Colin Griffin stepped in extremely well late in the season where he had to get that start. Yeah, I I agree with that. that his whole new month the whole month of November was really good. Are there any expectations of Koval right now? I'm, that's something I want to figure out this spring. He's had some health issues, but in terms of recruiting pedigree and the type of athlete he is, he's good enough to contribute and help out in the secondary. There's no doubt about it. When did he get hurt? Mid-season? No, I think it was it was late season. For some reason, I it thought was like it was November. Like, oh, I thought it was like later in October. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if there's an expectation for him this spring. I don't think he's doing anything this spring. That, that'll be something I would like to hear Coach Sweeney clear up today at his media availability. Yeah, because he, he tore his ACL. Is that what the injury was? Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure he's probably not. That, really if that injured. was the injury, and I agree, I think you were right about when it occurred, then I don't have much of an expectation in spring. Yeah. He might be allowed to be out there, but not. But what an opportunity this is, though, for Kylan Webb, Noah Dixon, Ricardo Jones, and Rob Billings to try to break through into that room. Yeah. All right. Are you, let's see if you're more or less concerned about cornerback and what uh, Coach Reed has to sort out with their law. Again, similar situation, a lot of inexperience, now maybe some more experience gained because of, of having to force Avion Terrell into some situations last year, and he played really well down the stretch and will be a starter probably for the rest of his his career. But Can I put a wait and see on this one because I want to know what Jaden Lucas's availability is for spring? I shall allow it. Thank you. Does, does that not change the dynamic up drastically through spring if he's participating? Yeah, it does. Now, the last two years, he has gone halfway through spring and has had to shut it down both times for surgeries. Yeah, let's let's find out where he's at. I agree. 
um, I will I will allow it at this time. I will not force but, you to make a. But one thing I do like for Mike number. Reed here is you have experience with Avion Terrell. You have experience with Jaden Lucas. You now have sp- experience some with Shelton Lewis. Some. Some, yes. It's not a ton, but you have some. But then you're able to get Strozier here in this spring. Miles Oliver, it sounds like from a health standpoint, is now finally ready to contribute with this team. And then to have, we think, because I know he was one of the options potentially in the bowl game if needed. And then you had the two true freshmen that are already here. We have seen Mike Reed maybe more consistently than any other coach on that staff get guys ready. Is that is that out of line? Is that is that track? It feels like he's really, really good at getting guys ready. I feel like ever since oh, Trayvon Mullen? Maybe even go back as far as Mackenzie Alexander to where he just gets young guys ready to contribute in this secondary. Yeah. First and foremost, helps to to bring in very talented players, which he does on a <laughs> on a regular basis now, and has done for close to a decade here. Sometimes they're ready because they're just good. Sure, they're yeah. NFL caliber players, and he's put a lot of guys in the pros, and that's why he's a darn good recruiter and and talent evaluator to go out and get them. But he has the ability to get them ready, so I. I think I, I feel like the if, if you're putting a number on it as a as a group, the concern at corner would probably be like a two, one and a half, two because of Mike Reed, and, and that's not a knock on Mickey Khan. It's just I think there's a lot more to sort at safety. You, you have to play more guys. You have to figure out more roles. Yes, at safety. I, I would agree with you there. Yeah, and Reed has a very good track record of getting young players where they need to be when the time comes. You have a lot of faith in him. I mean, just, just, yeah. Mike Reed's been killing it. I mean, just absolutely just running it over there. And you got two high talented freshmen coming in. That's before Ashton Hampton gets here this summer as well. Right. So we'll, let's see where, where Fagan and Gibson are halfway through spring and we'll revisit. Are, are they both in the spring? Yes, they're already here. Okay. We'll, we'll revisit it then later on to see kind of where that, where that is. John, I have one for you that I'm going to pose here, and you don't have to, uh, to fully answer it yet on the Concerno meter. But all right, we brought this up a little bit with with Matt Connolly yesterday, and I, I think we need to spend a little bit of time on it. The kicking game, okay, second year in a row we've had to we were had we need to have the discussion. We were so spoiled on this show and on this network here on this station of just being like, well. Roll BT Potter out there, you're good. I mean, how many years did we just have to go? Well, BT Potter's kicking their fire. It's almost the better part of a decade, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very simple and easy conversation. They got reversed. You know, it became a very difficult conversation. The kicking game had tons and tons of woes in 2023. So I'm curious on how concerned you are about finding a kicker this spring because I think I think the spring matters a lot for that position. You can't just Go into the again, just kind of work your way through, and then go into the summer and be like, whatever. We'll discuss on the other side. WCCP FM one hundred five point five, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM fifteen. 